You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 92, and I am recording on Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. I bet you thought I wouldn't pull it together to release an episode smack in the middle of holiday season. I surprised myself as well. If all is going well, I am currently up in Healdsburg, which is in Sonoma County in Northern California with our dogs, relaxing and visiting friends because my kids have a week off of hockey, sort of. My older son is missing a scrimmage and don't think he's not cranky about it, but we haven't gotten away as a family since summertime. It's been a hectic start to the holiday break. A few days ago at my older son's hockey game, my 89-year-old dad fell down some stairs at the rink, and literally three minutes later, my older son who was playing got an injury in his game. So there was a lot of me running up and down stairs from father to son. Luckily, everyone is okay. Falling is scary, and while my dad is definitely banged up and hurting, it could have been far worse. And I can't tell you how grateful I was to the wall of hockey dads who came rushing out of their kids' game to come check on us. So after hours in the ER, we made it to my mom's Hanukkah party right on time. I am not a huge resolutions person. I feel like I'm constantly making new goals for myself all year long. But in terms of reading goals, which I do like to visit, oddly enough, I've landed on reading less. What do you think about that? (laughs) I think because I'm sent so many books all the time, I feel obligated to read them all, even when they're unsolicited. But I really want to focus on trying to pick great matches for me that are entertaining. I love when reading can feel like watching a great TV show. But also, I want to focus on books that make me think and lean towards the literary. So we'll see how I do with my read less resolution, which perhaps is an odd one coming from someone who runs a book podcast. My oldest son turned 17 on the 17th. He's entered his last year of childhood, and I just can't believe it. I'm starting to get not jitters, but like a little bubbling energy when I think about what comes next when both kids will be out of the house in four short years. What do I want to do with my time and where do I want to put my energy? It sort of feels like when you're a senior in college and you're thinking about all of the possibilities ahead. But feeling this in my 40s feels much more stable and it's exciting and I still have four more years before the house is empty so I have time to figure it out. We took him to the Kings hockey game in a party van with his friends and 17-year-old boys are totally entertaining. My favorite part of the night is when all of these mop-headed boys went around revealing their hidden hairlines to one another. As of this recording, I have two spots left in my workshop club for January. Workshop club is for writers of short fiction or novels, and it's a way for you to submit up to 25 pages of writing, which will be critiqued by classmates, and I will, of course, edit and give you tons of feedback on your work. And in return, you get to critique three other writers' submissions, just one a week for the month of January. I will be offering workshop club in February and also in April and May, and then not again until September. Interested in taking an intermediate novel writing course with me? Reach out and let me know. The class is eight weeks long and it's completed asynchronously in your own time. Perfect for anyone who has taken a writing class before. And I do give $50 off if you refer a friend who signs up for the course. You can find more in my link tree on Instagram or by visiting jennifercaloyaris.com. 
I read 112 books this year. Maybe I'll finish one or two before this podcast airs. But looking at past challenges, I'm definitely down in numbers, which is a-okay. My goal had been 150. This travel hockey has left me with little free time. Last year, I made it to 150 books. And during the pandemic, I checked and I was at 185 books, which just astounds me. I think my new goal for next year will just be 100. The best gift you can give me this holiday season would be to rate and review this podcast. It takes just a minute of your time and helps other book lovers discover it. Thank you. And it's just me today. It hasn't been just me in forever. And as I do every December, I will be traveling back in time. This year, we're going back to 2015. So welcome to my quick and dirty best of 2015. But before I do that, it's time for some bookish news. Living in LA, you know, I like my book to film news, so I will start there. Shadow and Bone will be returning for a second season on Netflix on March 16th. This is based on the Lee Bardugo book series. Surrounded by enemies, the once great nation of Ravka has been torn in two by the Shadow Fold, a swath of near impenetrable darkness crawling with monsters who feast on human flesh. Now its fate may rest on the shoulders of one lonely refugee. Fun fact, my brother-in-law went to college with Lee Bardugo. S.E. Boyd's The Lemon has been optioned by the producer of Mayor of Easttown and The Summer I Turn Pretty. The Lemon is on my to-read list, but I haven't gotten to it yet. It's a satire centering around the culinary world. And what I just learned is that S.E. Boyd is a pen name, for not one, not two, but three writers who collaborated on the novel, Alessandra Lissardi, Kevin Alexander, and Joe Keohane. Novel writing for me has always been an independent experience, so I'm fascinated by three writers who came together to write this book. And it is book one in a three book series they have planned. We Were Liars, E. Lockhart's young adult suspense thriller, will be a series on Amazon. I read this novel when it was first published and loved it. If you've just finished White Lotus, season two or one, and you're looking for something with a comparable vibe, check it out. It takes place on a privately owned island off the coast of Massachusetts. It's part tragic love story and part suspense novel. And the first state library for incarcerated youth will open at Echo Glen Children's Center in Washington State next month through a partnership between the Department of Children, Youth, and Families, the Secretary of State's office, and the Washington State Library. I think this is a fantastic idea, and I hope that other states adopt this program. And now it's time for the books. So let me set the scene for 2015. The middle class dwindled, gun deaths became as common as traffic deaths, China got rid of its one-child policy. Same-sex marriage became a right in the United States. Drake's Hotline Bling was the number one song. Amy Schumer became wildly popular. Hamilton opened on Broadway. Hamilton opened on Broadway, and I saw it with the original cast, one of the best theater moments of my life. The TV series Mad Men came to an end. Jon Snow died on Game of Thrones, so are you feeling like you're deep into 2015. My kids were just six and nine, and it was a big year for us because we moved. Same city, different house. So here are some books that I loved, and there is no shame in anyone's backlist game. Maybe you've read these already, maybe they're new to you, but these books were standouts for me 
in 2015. The first pick is Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. This is a fat novel about a close look at a marriage over the course of 24 years. The couple, Lotto and Matilde, are 22 when they get married. It's beautifully written, and what's so striking about the narratorial structure of this novel is that the first half of the book is from Lotto's perspective, and then it shifts to Matilda's for the second half, which makes you rethink everything you thought you understood. I loved it, I would reread it, and if you were sitting next to me, I'd let you borrow my copy. And that is Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. I don't know if you can all hear my stomach. It is gurgling like crazy. I don't think I ate enough today. This next pick is polarizing, but I always think that's a good thing because it means that the writer is coming from a point of view and not pandering to a lowest common denominator. And it is The First Bad Man by Miranda July. July has written a bunch of books, and she's a multimedia artist and filmmaker, but this novel is inventive and subversive. It's about Cheryl Glickman, who's a businesswoman, and she truly believes she has a centuries-old connection with a baby spirit named Cabelco Bondi. Her boss's pregnant daughter moves in with her, and the book looks at their complicated relationship. It's a slim novel about found family, written with keen and often funny observations. And again, that's The First Bad Man by Miranda July. Next is Between the World and Me by Tenahasi Coates. This book was a seminal reading experience for me. It's also a slim read. It's inspired by James Baldwin's 1963 classic, The Fire Next Time. And Between the World and Me is addressed to Coates' 14-year-old son, and it's a meditation on what it means to be Black in America today. If you don't quite understand why critical race theory is being discussed all over the place right now, read this book. This is a really moving and powerful piece of writing that has stayed with me seven years later, and I urge everyone to read it. And again, that's Between the World and Me by Tenahasi Coates. Next is another piece of nonfiction work, The Argonauts by Maggie Nelson. You may recall her name from episode 52, where I rave about her book, Bluettes, which is a rumination on the color blue. The Argonauts is a book for readers who appreciate deliberate and tight and precise prose. This is memoir-esque, and I say that because it's not a linear conventional memoir. Nelson is an academic through and through, so if that kind of dense writing is a turnoff, then this is not for you. But there are so many passages that are worthy of being highlighted and underlined. It's a book, again, about found family and love, and it's just so thoughtful. And that's The Argonauts by Maggie Nelson. Next up is The Satire, The Sellout by Paul Beattie. This is about a watermelon and marijuana dealer, yes, both of these things, who is living in Los Angeles. And one strain he develops is anglophobia, just an example of his sense of humor. He ends up before the Supreme Court because he's, and remember, this is satire with a capital S, he is reinstating slavery. At the very least, he would like to do so in his own house, as well as segregate the local middle school and keep the white students out. It's wacky, it's beautifully written, and if you appreciate brilliant satire, then this book is for you, and that is The Sellout by Paul Beatty. And here are some book titles that I have not yet read, but one day, I hope to. These are books that also came out in 2015. The first is Beetlebone by Kevin Barry, and this is about John Lennon. It's um, a fictional history. 
John Lennon heads to the west coast of Ireland in 1978, based on reality, but fictionalized, of course. And next is The Buried Giant by Kazuo Ishiguro. This takes place during medieval times where Axel and Beatrice are searching for their lost son. This is in the fantasy genre. There are knights and monks and adventures abound. And Ishiguro is the author of Never Let Me Go and Clara and the Sun, which I've covered on this show. Next is A Little Life by Hanya Yanagahari. And this is another polarizing novel that is very, very thick. And it's about a male group of friends. I've heard time and time again that this novel is heartbreaking. So just know what you're up against if you dive in. And in the nonfiction sphere, I may be the only person who has yet to read H's for Hawk by Helen McDonald. And this is about the author's attempts at training a goshawk. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know. I just did a month of painting birds. You'd think I know how to pronounce that. And as the owner of Nine Chickens, I also feel like I should read this book. If you're a lover of nature, or birds in particular, then you too should read this book. And that is all from me. If you're interested in my favorite books of 2022, head over to my website at www.jennifercalogaris, or you can click on the link tree on my Instagram page at jennifercalogaris, or by searching for books are my people. And I've written a blog post on my favorite reads for the year. All of the books are listed in my bookshop.org store. Books are my people available for purchase. And when you do that, a little bit of money goes to me and a little bit goes to independent bookstores. And while you're at my website, you can join my newsletter and stay informed. Happy everything, everyone. I'll be back in the new year. And until then, I hope you all enjoy a wonderfully bookish week. I'm going to go enjoy an antacid so my stomach shuts up. Bye, everyone. <laughs>